Chris, are you ready? I was ready on Saturday. You were ready on Saturday? And then you drank. Yeah, well, that made me ready. ready. (laughs) So, we would be remiss to start this podcast without giving a shout out to our lovely sponsors. Crown Crown Rash Rash Guards. Crown Rash Guards. Straight out of Texas? I believe so. Texas. The great state of Texas. The great state of Texas. So, check them out, guys. They are sponsoring today's podcast. You can see them. Uh, Crown Rash Guards on social media, Instagram, Facebook. It's at Crown Rash Guards. You can also check them out on their website, crownrashguards.com. We've been wearing them for what, like two and a half weeks now, three Mm -hmm. weeks? And do they look any different from how we first got them? No, with very consistent wearage. Yeah, so these things are durable. They have a really, uh, you know, what we call what a minimalistic design. So check them out if you look for something. Oh, yeah. And sleek, and yeah, got the shine. Like you're wearing a, you're wearing something else right now. Shame oh yeah, it's clearly not a crown shame rash on you. Guard. And it's not, it doesn't have that sheen. I didn't do laundry. It looks man. dull and bleak. It does. Or the other it one is very sad. This one is yes. It exudes Power. prestige. I guess so. Crown rash guards, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, so check them out. They're awesome. Um, I highly encourage you to. Just read the story on their website because it's just a really cool story about, you know, a guy, Anmar, that was frustrated with, you know, the rash guard situation for himself. So he actually, being entrepreneurial, investigated, you know, how could he solve a problem for himself? And then that turned into, hey, man, let me uh, sell this to other people. And it was... uh, it's a good story, and he goes through the like the V one, the V two. Yeah, and, like and the it, fact that he actually, because from what I've gathered of a lot of these rash guard companies is like they just sort of, you know, w- what do you got? You know, they go to the, some Pakistani dealer or the cases, and then like they just put this logo on it, right? And that's what it is, mm-hmm. and without actual like product testing and like specifications for what they're looking for. But you know, he clearly did the the homework and he, you know, he investigated um, quite a few uh, larger rash guard manufacturers to see kind of what, you know, they, they, uh, they can, what, what they got going on to try to, you know, provide the best product for us at a, a very, very good value. So um, that, that's super functional and, and, and he just, he did a really good job with it. So I'm very, very impressed that uh, like the small guys making it happen. That's awesome. Exactly. So, as I like to say, you know, if you want to support small business, this is a jujitsu guy doing something for the jujitsu community. So check him out again, crownrashguard.com and Crown Rash Guards on Instagram and Facebook. So big thanks to Crown Rash Guards for sponsoring today's episode. So today's episode, we actually have a topic today. Yes, a very involved topic. A very involved topic. Another, uh, what do we call it? Recounting of events. <laughs> <laughs> I got my T-shirt. I'm wearing it right now. It feels good. Is it a different? T- is it is it the exact same design? Just different. Different um, logo. Different, different color. Logo. Okay. Very good minimalistic design they have going on there. So they do have a nice. They do choose nice cotton. Whatever. Whatever. You mean it's not, it's not Haynes beefy tea, Heather <laughs> Gray. <laughs> No, it's not. <laughs> we'll let people figure out what that's a reference to if they know. <laughs> so if you, you know, you know. <laughs> if you know, if you know, you know. Um, Noah, 
Yes, sir. Congratulations. Oh, here we go. You always start with the congratulations. Right? Like, you had a, a fairly good experience recently. Yeah, so we're talking about... Uh, so if we go back, this whole story started uh, two months ago when I competed at PANS, and you can listen to that episode in the archives. And I basically suffered a... I suffered an MCL tear, a partial MCL tear in my left knee while being on my opponent's back, which uh, <laughs> go listen to the podcast for a blow-by-blow description of that. But anyway, I, um, I kind of told myself, like, hey, man, I, I need to overcome this injury. I need to get back on the, the horse. Like, I don't want to develop a, a fear of competing and like yes. oh, if you compete i'm going to get hurt all the time so fall down three times get up four exactly which makes like no that. sense because <laughs> you should only get up three times if you fall down three but you know it is what it is what is what does rocky say in the in the in the remake is like it's, it's not, not a remake a, it's like it's about taking a punch it's not about hitting people it's about taking a punch and get, something like that and keep that's how winning moving forward that's how winning's done that's how it, it's not like you (laughs) i held you in the palm of my hand you see this i anyway (laughs) is it the one where you beat antonio tarver (laughs) yes exactly so so tell me about your antonio tarver (laughs) so anyway i uh i found out pretty early on when they announced the ibjjf announced that they were going to be hosting the worlds here in orlando including Masters Worlds, I was like, all right, I'm, I'm in. I'm going to sign up, and I'm going to get my knee rehabbed and ready to go. So uh, to me, the main, before I get to the actual tournament today, because obviously, you know, it's the biggest tournament of the year for the IBJJF, it's Worlds, and the victory was my knee's 100%. You know, so going into the tournament, I got it to the point where I didn't know which knee got was hurt, and that to me, did you the, at you had literally forgotten? Yes. Okay. Then like yeah, I don't then, feel like I don't know. Like yeah. I feel like my right and my left and my I'm like what you know I just yeah, feel normal yeah. bumps and bruises now. So um, the last thing to feel normal was like doing a shot, mm-hmm. leading with that leg, and just the fact that I was able to make a full recovery and then step on the mats and compete. Uh, that was the biggest victory. At what point had you forgotten which? A week video? before the competition. Okay. So it definitely, you know, things, things were good a few weeks, a few more weeks out, but then it all disappeared like about a week out in terms nice. of feeling. So that's the main thing. Now I actually didn't go and compete. So literally same place, uh, same situation, met Paul here, drove together. This time I was competing at 9.50 in the morning as opposed to a little later in the day when I did it at Pans. I was in a bracket of 22 people. Yeah. I went up a weight class because I didn't want to think about cutting weight. So I competed at the 181 uh, weight class. Instead of 176 last time? Instead of 168. So 80 kilos last time. Yeah. So I right. so I ended up, uh, you know, essentially just eating whatever I want, working out. And yeah. I was probably walking around. So you at, didn't have to cut weight? Necessarily. No, I did not have to cut nice. weight. So energy levels are good, but I probably was walking around maybe three to four pounds under the weight limit. When I weighed in, and you're okay with that? I mean, it was what it was. Yeah, you know, uh, there there is uh, you know there is more to that when we go into the the matches and yeah, yeah. the opponents and what they look like and all that kind of thing. So I was in a bracket of 22. I got a dr- I got a buy. 
<laughs> in the first round. So how do they determine who gets the buy? I don't know. I was seated 12, I believe out of 22. I don't know if I was seated 12th because of just random luck where they said the people well, that you have points now, right? I don't have points because in theory, the points only, my understanding is points only occur in IBJJF if you podium. Ah, okay, okay. So I don't have, I never podiumed in an IBJJF tournament. So I don't have any points. So I don't know if that was just random luck that they just like shuffled the deck for the people that didn't have points. And I got, you know, a higher seed or if they have some sort of internal, like invisible thing that they take yeah. into account and say, well, this guy paid us money already and competed at pan. So we're going to reward him by bumping him up kind of thing. I don't know. So or I, J I, is in the middle of the alphabet and that's so, yeah, and 12. I, so I, so I couldn't answer the question. So yeah. my first match was against the number eight seed for whatever that's worth. Okay. And when I got there with Paul, we got there and they did do the thing. It's like 22 was against one. 21 was against two. Is well, that- one gets a buy. Oh, one. Okay. Yeah. So the top seeds get buys and then the lower seeds. Okay. So two is against 22. Three is against 21. Well, that was against, but that, that only makes sense if you have an actual 32 draw. If you have 32 people, then one would go against 32, two would go yeah, against yeah. 31 and so forth. But because we don't have a full bracket, what you end up doing is all the top seeds get buys into the next round and then the lower seeds compete against each other and the winners will then play one, two, three, all the way through. So anyway, I got there and I was stretching and warming up, but I immediately got called to weigh in at around nine. So I never got an opportunity to go through a warm up with Paul. Hmm. So I was just, I was loose, but I didn't get to do the warm up that I did with Paul before where, you know, pummeling and doing actual technique stuff. So, you know, it was what it was. I told Paul, I was like, whatever, it's not a big deal. So he's like, you know, try and break a sweat and, you know, get your heart rate up a little bit. And I knew the first match would be hard because I was starting more cold, but my opponent was doing that as well. So anyway, I went on probably about 10 minutes early ahead of my 950. So I probably went on around 940. And they which actually, is awesome for tournaments like yeah all no no IBGF yeah. I mean obviously these are their major tournaments they run them well you yeah. know so I was placed in line behind so basically they on I was on mat six I believe there was kind of like they set up the few matches so there's a match going on there was a match on deck waiting on either side of the the scores table mm-hmm. and then I was placed me and my opponent were placed behind those two gentlemen so that we were you know, on deck, on deck. So we were second on deck. So they said, you're going to go when this match is, you know. Oh, wow. Yeah, so this match is going to go after you. You know, that match, when it ends, these guys are going to go, then you're going to go. Knowing that a match could end very quickly, they don't want, you know, they're not going to wait five minutes. To go hunting down. To do, yeah, to, yeah. They're going to, if, if, if something ends in a submission, next, next match on. Right. right. So anyway, I was there. Went through my routine. Got called. Shook the guy's hand. Guy was a little taller than me, and we got to work. So I uh, I circled. I immediately um, or I worked to try and grab grips. Pulled guard. Did you pull your sort of a game plan that you had in your head? Was uh, yeah. So I I kind of did what I was trying to do with pans. I pulled. Okay. Um, in fact, the um, how would I say? It honestly kind of went a lot like the match in pans, except mm. the guy didn't give up his back. 
So what ended up happening was the guy tried to knee slice. I end up in half guard. The guy um, first tried to guillotine me. That was not a threat. I felt fine there and comfortable. I improved my position in half guard. I had the underhook. And, well, I didn't have the underhook. I, I was, I felt good. He was trying to pass. There was a moment where he did get his knee to the floor for a second. Um, but I was able to readjust and get his knee back off the ground. And then he made a little space, a little too much space upwards. And then I just dove into deep half. Mm. And once I dove into deep half, I immediately swept him into an over-under position. So I scored two points. At that point, he was trying to do some sort of collar choke. And I did not want to risk getting caught by some weirdness. So I kind of backed out. You're in his half guard. I'm in an over-under position. Okay, I gotcha. But he's like messing with me. Trying to choke you from an over-under position. So it, it just felt finicky, and I was like, I don't want to risk any weirdness. I've okay, scored, yeah. so let me just kind of reset. So okay. I, I, and I didn't feel like my, I hadn't got my head to the other side, mm-hmm. so my head wasn't in an ideal position anyway. I so I just kind of backed up. So where'd you back out to? I backed out to a double under position. Okay. Okay. Even so I, which is kind of safer, better. Yeah, 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 yeah. I would consider safer. More on this later. So then I'm doing that and he immediately throws up his legs and puts me in a triangle, what I would call a no arm triangle. So he's, he's triangling my head. your head or triangling your head. He's yeah. triangled my neck. Yeah. Neither arm is in. And he's trying to cross choke me with that. But his cross choke is low on the lapel. So he's just smashing the side of my face. Ugh. So no I'm sitting there and I'm like, this sucks. But I'm not going to go out. I'm just, right. uh, you know, I'm breathing. It's kind of annoying to breathe because I'm all just kind of muffled in there. But I'm there. I have no idea what the what the time is because I can't see shit. I'm just oh, like yeah. smashed just, between his legs. His crotch. Basically. Yeah, yeah. You know, like my eyes are pretty much closed for the most part. You know, so in my mind, I I'm thinking, all right, I'm safe. I'm stuck, but I'm up. Right, so it's on him to to do something, right? He needs to he needs to change the position, or else I'm going to win. So I just hung out, and I don't know exactly how long I hung out for, but it was at least I, I want to say where it was are two your minutes. hands in all this? Just out of curiosity, it's like in the double under position. Like I'm just kind of like still cupping his hips, basically. Kind of, yeah, but more they're more free. I'm just kind of going around, and mm. you know, are you kind of tripoded up? If I tripoded up, I was going to drive my head more, and I just was kind of just. Just staying in kind of a combat base. My posture was somewhat broken by the triangle that he had okay. around my head. And I was just kind of riding it out. I was just mm-hmm. like, I, I don't want him to choke me. So I was just fighting his hands okay. so he couldn't improve the position, just waiting. And I was like, he has to, he's going to get tired doing this too. So eventually, I, want to, I don't know how much time was left, but let's say a minute and a half or so, maybe a little more. He released and I started to pass. Now, Paul said he's got an advantage for doing that because he had a submission attempt a deep submission if he's an advantage but you have two points you're i still, have two points but if he sweeps winning, me right? back he wins oh i see okay. so he's like don't let him sweep you know he's like don't let him sweep you because he will he'll win if you sweep so at that point i was just kind of passing his guard but not really committing to too much of a pass and um the closest he got to sweeping me was a hook sweep attempt where I did get stretched out, but I was able to keep my balance, clear the leg. And then I saw that there was maybe 20 seconds left. So then I dove for another double under and I just rode it out. Um, I was pretty tired. I was pretty tense. 
you know, it was, it was pretty miserable being in that triangle for a long period of time. And uh, time expired. I won 2-0. He had one advantage. So I was pretty, I was, I definitely felt like I had a bit of a dump. I felt like, like I, I, like a, there was a bit of an adrenaline dump and my, my body was pretty tense. Like I felt like there was lactic acid buildup everywhere mm-hmm. probably. So um, I went back to the box, drank some water, drank some Gatorade, uh, went back to the competitor area, was able to have, I think, at least 20 minutes to chill. So that, that, that helped a lot for me. And then I got called again to go against the number one seed. So I went out with him. Had he grappled at this point? Yes. He and he had apparently it. just grappled. So he said, I just grappled. And he said, I need, I need my five minutes. So they said, oh, yeah, we'll give you five minutes. So okay. Which is he ended up taking fair. about three minutes. And he said, I'm ready. Okay. <laughs> okay. So I went with him. This guy was taller than me, broader than me. Um, it was clear that these guys were, had been cutting weight and they had bigger frames. Yeah. Um, obviously, they weren't really that heavy heavier than me but they just had you know different frame this guy was kind of like nick benny cost in terms of frames you know like in terms of length so anyway we 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 go and he manages to pull guard first Mm. so what kind of guard he pulled delahiva and immediately attacks a barambola which is very similar to what i was trying to do he successfully drops me on my hip and comes up scoring two points and goes right into my single leg X. Mm. So now he's come up two points. He's in my single leg X guard. Got long legs. Oh, so, that's a lot to stretch out, isn't it? That's yeah, a- but it's single leg X. I actually like single leg X against longer guys because I can scoop their leg a lot easier. I have a harder time with shorter leg guys like Joey and mm. Paul because I, I like the ratio of if I deal with a longer leg guy, I like the fact my shorter legs can... Like I just oh, because like the proportions. Yeah, yeah, I see. Like they they my, have more space to play with. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I can really be tight around your, them. Your body takes up less of their... You're not getting in the way of yourself. Exactly. Yeah. I, I, so it, it actually... I do better in single leg X against longer leg guys. Hmm. X guard is different because you're trying to stretch yeah, around. Because but single leg far, X, yeah. I'm literally attached. And if anything, my butt just keeps coming off the ground. You know what I mean? Right. But I, it really feels like your entire body is clamped to them, which is annoying. So anyway... He's, uh, he's doing a good job just being heavy, trying to drive his knee to the ground, and he clears my, my outside leg. He would keep clearing it, and I would recover that, keep clearing it. But he never was making a strong attempt to pass. I was expecting him to make a strong back step or, or drive my middle leg back to try and mount directly, that sort of thing. But he just kind of hung out. So I, uh, I was in that position for a little bit. I was, I was trying to... Uh, make space, stretch him away, which was hard because he was smushing me up, which was, he was doing a good job there. And I was trying to scoop his leg and get under it so then I could come up. So I managed to make a little space. He made an adjustment that gave me a little space as well. I was able to scoop his leg and he started to stand up. So I went to X guard. Okay. I was like, he's giving me X guard. So I'm going to go to X guard. And you've already scooped his leg at this point? Yes. So his, his leg's on my shoulder. Okay. Yeah. And then from there, uh, so I was trying to sweep him. By gra- uh, so there was a couple times before that I had single leg X. I grabbed his other pant leg and tried to hip up and drop him. He was holding off. So anyway, I got to, I go to X guard, and I uh, once I get to X guard, I try to pass the leg over to start taking his back, 
and he starts to run away. I stand up. He falls down. Now I've scored. Is that a sweep? That's a sweep. I stood up. He fell. Okay. Like I came up and now he's on his butt. That's two points. That's two points. So I scored two. Now it's two, two. And again, I'm like, I want to do, I'm going to do safe passes. So I go for my double under again. He does the exact same move <laughs> that the previous opponent did. Uh, this time though, he definitely has a better understanding of how to do the, the move, which is in fact, it, there is a move here. And he has one of his arms shoved deep, um, you know, uh, thumb down deep, almost grab it, cupping the back of my neck, essentially eliminating space that would normally be there if his hand wasn't there. So now I'm in the exact same move, norm triangle. He's got his arm shoved in there, and now it's a lot tighter. Same situation, though. I feel fine. I feel like the guy's attacking more, so I have to be more wary of him trying to scoop my leg, going inverted, all this kind of stuff. But in the back of my mind, I know it's 2-2. I'm not up. He will get an advantage for this, so it's on me to get out. Right. So I'm in there for a long time, and I'm trying to, uh, you know, I grab his lapel and try to choke him with that as I, you know, try to pass. Like, you know how you pass with the over-under? Yeah. yeah. Not the punch choke, but just just grabbing the far lapel thumb oh, down a, a and just driving down. your forearm. Yeah. yeah arm. And that causes a reaction, but not enough for him to get out. So then I... And you're still in this norm drive. Yeah, yeah. I'm just there. So I'm like, so I'm thinking, what do I do? What do I do? And... and I'm like, then it got, then he made an adjustment and then it got a little tighter. So then I made the mistake of thinking, oh, I need to push forward to make a little more space for myself. Pushing forward only opened my neck up more, you know, keeping myself all tight was what was helping me. So that suddenly made it tighter. He was able to adjust and his entire crew was like, squeeze, 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 squeeze. And then I also like held up my hand like I was going to tap for a second, which made them go, he's going to tap, he's going to tap. So then he really started squeezing and squeezing. And then at Your that poor point, jaw. And then it then it, it got it got around my neck, and I was like, I, you know, I'm I'm gonna go out probably. So I tapped, and uh, I was just kind of sitting on the, you know, just kneeling on the mat, just. <sighs> and I was like, this motherfucker, you know. All props to him. He he did the move, and and he knew what he was doing, and I lost. You know, um, I was just disappointed that I lost. So, he was the number one seed too. Yes, right? he did get trounced in the next round. Oh, did he really? Yeah. He did get because you warmed up. He man. pulled guard. Yeah. You loosened that jaw, <laughs> or you loosened that jaw. I like that him. narrative. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, uh, he actually in the in the next match he pulled guard, um, and the guy immediately started passing hard with a Toriando and just got him to turtle and then took his back and then choked him out. Hmm. So very aggressive guard passing, you know, overwhelmed the guy. So yeah, I tired him out. We'll, we'll, we'll go with that narrative. Yeah, you, you warmed <laughs> him up. You, you loosened him up. Yeah. So so I was if I'd won my match. I would have gotten on the podium awesome. and secured at least the bronze. So he took third. He took third. Right. So that was, I think, the thing that was a little, I was like, damn, you know, if I just yeah. won. So, um, you know, the retrospective on this, you know, and I hung out there and, you know, I, I told you, like, you know, I, I saw Cyborg coach one of his guys right next to me who was a blue belt and just, you know, the guy looked like a recreational blue belt and Cyborg was chewing him out for, <laughs> like, for getting like cross-choked <laughs> out of the guard, you know. And so for those of you, I mean, we, you know, everybody probably knows who Cyborg is, but he's, if you were to like get 
like a comic book artist and like say draw what you think like a Brazilian jiu-jitsu like fighter looks like cyborg looks like this like oh yeah he's just, you know like just shaved head so his wife was there and she was coaching she was the one like every time he crossed the cross taller you immediately swim your head under so she was like giving the 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 technical the, the technical stuff coaching, yeah. and he was like fight fight <laughs> <laughs> so he's, every time the he's guy the equivalent was, of knees well every time there was a like like the guy was in in danger yeah. Like cyborg would just utter a noise. Like he wouldn't even <laughs> use language. He like, da, 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 you know. <laughs> so you know, I, it was cool. It was cool. I, I didn't. I saw Josh Hinger. Uh, I saw Lovato. I saw other guys that I probably don't know, don't recognize. You know, I probably crossed paths with guys that I didn't even recognize. But I was tempted to be like, "Hey, can I get a selfie?" But it just. I just wasn't feeling it at that point. Maybe if I had a medal around, I'd be like, hey, man, I'm a champ. You're a champ. Yeah, yeah, let's, like, let's get a can we do the biting thing? <laughs> like, yeah. So um, all in all, a um, couple takeaways. You know, Paul, uh, you know, Paul and I were talking about in the car right home, and he said, you know, you're definitely you know, more comfortable on, on bottom than you are on top. He's like, I can even feel that when I grapple with you. you know? So definitely I need to, to work on my top game and and that's something that makes perfect sense to me it's really not it shouldn't be unexpected um i've kind of the way i've developed my jujitsu the way i've tried to train it has been you know as a white belt i was always in side control so the first the first thing i really wanted to practice was how do i get out of side control and then once i got into that i was like okay i can't assume that i'm going to be on top you know, especially watching Paul, you know, I, I always had a great appreciation for Paul. And this, I felt like, was the Marcio side of things, right? Because everyone talks about Laborio and Carlson yeah. Gracie top pressure. And Troy talks about, yeah, well, Carlson Gracie's cool. But in reality, as you pointed out, you know, Paul has had, you know, most of his journey, you know, to four-stripe Brown was under Marcio. Yeah. And I think a lot of the guard concepts and stuff that he does are Marcio. So... You know, Paul can start on his back, sweep, and then put the pressure. So I was like, all right, I need to develop a good that, guard. That terrible pressure. You know, so <laughs> my my next goal after like, okay, I can get out of, you know, I don't want to be inside control, but I I can, I know what needs to be done to get out. Do I get out all the time? Not necessarily, but I know what needs to be done. Yeah. Now let's work on a guard. So when I roll, most of the time my objective is to sweep, you know, start in a guard and sweep. Yeah, because right? it's, it's a lot easier to sweep somebody to- end up automatically in a very good position than it is to have to deal with just passing somebody's goal. Sure. It's fucking terrible. So in terms of like the reps and the minutes I spend on the mat, the majority of my time is with my back on the mat and in a guard or something. So in that respect, um, it shouldn't be a surprise that when I compete in a tournament, when there's a pressure situation, I perform better, you know, in the guard than I do when I'm on top. You know? So philosophically, you had the awareness to recognize that and develop a strong guard because of that, right? Because you recognized early on, you said, like, I'm always on my back, I'm always in side control, blah, blah, blah. So that's, I'm going to obviously spend a lot of my time focused on that. So is that to say then, because you, we've discussed it a lot just from the standpoint of teaching beginners, should we put a stronger emphasis on not being on bottom? and developing a stronger top game or do we teach them to to inoculate them into jujitsu more let's i'm going to use vaccination terms here oh boy because we're strong i I don't know like that to me is a 
like a choice of that's like I think a personal choice of the the student like to me the reason I approached it this way was almost like you know we talk about video game analogies like how do you want to construct your character how do I want to develop my role-playing character yeah like I want to develop the you know in order for me to have control over the roles and be able to funnel in my opinion the way you do that is you have a good defense and can sweep then you can always funnel to the positions you want because if you if you want to start on top and the person concedes then you start on top if you if you you want to start on top and the person doesn't concede that then you just go to guard and sweep them and now you work on top so you know what i don't want to be in a situation where i'm like oh i'm great on top but if you put me on my back oh yeah there's nothing going to happen right so out of maximizing my ability to funnel at, at the earliest stage possible i've worked on defense and and guard so in that respect i have to look back and say all right i might be salty that i lost because i'm competitive and I, you know i don't like losing but in all three of the matches including that one in pans i'm counting i swept the people within a minute of being right in guard so that's good you know and i never felt uh, so the way I would say it is I wouldn't say I didn't feel threatened per se, mm-hmm. but I just was, I felt like I was aware of the battles that were happening and what I needed to do to win those battles, whether I won them or not, that's up to jujitsu and athleticism and timing. But, you know, like I said, like that guy in my, my first match of worlds, the guy did get his knee to the ground for a second, a split second there while trying to pass with a knee cut and, I knew that was danger, danger, (laughs) you know, and, and I quickly adjusted and accounted. So whether or not, you know, whether or not he succeeded or not, or I failed or succeeded, I knew where those battles were that I had to win. Whereas when I'm on top, I'm a little more at a loss for these are the grips I need to win. These are the grips he needs to win. And that's the battle. And that's where the inexperience of being on top and. Uh, But shouldn't we approach it from the standpoint of Preet then, right? to be a good you already are a very good guard player right so you know what grips you need to develop a good guard game can't we just reverse engineer that and say this is what i need to have a good top game sure right like, I, I just don't have i just d- don't have enough reps oh yeah okay where yeah. we just a pressure have a situation yeah. where or honestly a lot of it is more muscle memory right that's when I can't operate at, at the speed I need to, to let's say be a, as good a passer as I am on bottom for or me, just for me, just instinct. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, I also don't have the confidence to just like, I could spaz out a little bit, but I worry that I would throw myself into submissions. Yeah, like yeah. I don't necessarily have a feel for as long as I keep these, as long as I maintain these postures or principles, I can spaz out and I should yeah, be okay. Yeah. Kind of thing. So, that's the first takeaway. Second takeaway is obviously um, the double underpass. Um, I was just unaware that um, I was I was doing the pass wrong. I wasn't uh, I wasn't I was wasn't respecting um, the submissions that are there on your neck if you don't have a good posture. And I didn't have the proper. I was being lazy with the posture. I was unaware of that, and that's something that you know I just needed to correct. You know, hmm. moving forward. So kudos to him. He did the technique properly and. And actually, of all people, you know, I joked about it, but yeah, Chihuahua said, oh, bro, damn, bro, that's the move of the weep at, at my academy, you know, and, and he told me like a couple other variations that can happen in that position. So um, I was just leaning in and pressuring into him. I wasn't making any effort to suck his hips 
yeah. into mine. And I was just leaning my head way too far forward. You know, like you just, you can't do that. And if you are risking that, you need to have very much a hunched posture, you know, kind of like a boxer defends yeah, one yeah, side yeah. with his, with his shoulder kind of thing. You just hawking. have to hunch. Yeah. Hawking. You got a hawking on yeah. both sides, you know? So that was, uh, that was the experience, man. I mean, I have to take a step back and say, all right, you know, I want to match at worlds, uh, you know, we can debate, you know, against somebody who's higher seated than you too. Well, I mean that, that is an eight. the seat. Yeah. But I mean that, that it, it, I guess I'd, I would just say it's like, it's hard for us to know, you know, what strata of the blue belt population between 30 and 35 is going to go to worlds. And if it's a good representation of the skill level, you know, or the upper skill level of that division, I would say, but, I mean, but if sure, you're willing to travel, yeah, you know, exactly. they're probably, like, they, they're probably, you know, you're better a serious than, competitor at that point. So I would think so. Uh, I'm sure there are better people out there at gyms all around, you know, the world that are blue belts that are in their thirties, you know, but you know, I won a match. I wasn't trounced in any of the matches. Right. Um, so and you're uninjured, I was uninjured, you know, just, you know, ego, a little deflated, you know, but besides that, you know, like I said, matter of factly, you know, I, you know, it was, uh, I got things to work on. You win or you learn. And, you know, I learned some valuable lessons about, you know, the double underpass. I learned some valuable lessons about, um, what I need to work on to be a more complete grappler. And I think I'm. I believe very much in kind of the the path I've kind of laid off for myself in my mind for how I want to develop my game mm. and what I want to focus on each day. And I do think I'm going to focus still a little more probably on some guard work, but over time that will lead into more and more top stuff. And it's ironic because I did see um, uh, an interview or conversation between Bernardo Faria and Gordon Ryan like a month ago or so about the, the how winner. to develop no it's not it, well it was the the youtube video that that complements the instructional right you know how they shoot the instructional and then bernardo comes in and says oh we just shot an instructional yeah, and, yeah, and yeah, then yeah. they just talk about stuff so his question was infomercial yeah kind of yeah. and and he was talking about how to develop and and gordon talked about you should first learn how to you know defend subs then guard and then as purple to brown that's when you hone your attacking skills so, I mean, without, I'm not saying that's the way, but that's the way that I opted to do. And that was before even seeing that. So I do think, um, I do think, um, I'm on the right path and it's just a matter of time. And, and, you know, so far all my losses, <laughs> I mean, the two of them have been just lack of experience, hmm. you know, but when I've done what I do, it's, you know, the jujitsu works, right. you know, I've succeeded. So. Um, obviously, as a competitor, I want to win, and it's always disappointing to lose. But um, I was injury free. I came over the knee injury. Those, those are the those are the biggest wins. And uh, yeah, I got stuff I got to work on, man. You know, I'm just nice. a blue belt, and you know, I've been doing this for only three years, so I, I got I got a ways to go. So that's that's kind of where we are. Did you hear that? Yeah, is that your shoulder popping? That's yeah. That's so a, you almost fell asleep while I was talking. Did you I have did. a rough day, man? Dude. Yeah, <laughs> I, was, I was pretty tired. Um, I was considering not coming in. but I Well, I like, appreciate you coming in and recording, bro. Yeah. I was, Doing you know, it for the fans. I'm, yeah, and, and just like myself, too, because like, I wouldn't have jujitsu this week. Well, I mean, I'll have Monday or Tuesday and Thursday morning. But 
still, I just, I, I want to make sure to get my mat time in, you know, my, my Chris time. Um, yeah, it's been a long day. So we had some people out at work and stuff and somebody who's in the hospital still. So I feel really, really bad about that. But, you know, so there's a little bit of extra work to do around the warehouse and whatnot. But so I haven't, I haven't been behind my desk in the past three days, basically. Oh, so you're doing, you're doing roles beyond your normal job description. Yeah. Gotcha. So that's been a bit of a challenge and it's just, it's, it's good for the diet though. I'm not sitting there snacking. Mm-hmm. So that's good. Yeah. I'm getting my steps in. It's all about the so steps. Did you get a chance? I, I don't know. Do you have a flow grappling account? No, okay. I'm going, I'm going to get one though. Cause it's, it's good to support the community. Okay. So, um, okay. So you haven't seen the matches that matches are not actually that interesting to watch in my opinion, because at least half the time I'm just sitting in this, in this, both matches, yeah. just in this position. <laughs> <laughs> For those who are uninitiated to jujitsu, very awkwardly. By the way, I actually, um, so I had a, I had like a, a, like I'd say a strained intercostal muscle, like what's between your ribs. Yes. Uh, I didn't feel that at all when I competed. Do you feel it now? I feel, yeah, it's just sore. It, 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 you know, it's very tolerable. But the next day, I had a, a very slight headache and my jaw hurt. Oh, from, yeah, I <laughs> So from being in that vice for that, I was like, okay, these guys were kind of squeezing. In fact, when I had breakfast, just chewing hurt. I was like, oh. uh, can you wear a mouth guard in? Yes, IBG? I was. Thank God, I was wearing a oh, mouth I guard. Say like, that would have been bad. Good lord, if I couldn't like, wear a mouth, you, you'd could. have like your teeth would be like a ter- brontosaurus's, right? There, right? Like just like <laughs> they'd be all flat teeth. Like. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, that would have been. Um, that would have been bad. So yeah, thank God. And you're already back in the gym. This like what Saturday night you were lifting already, weren't you? Was it or was it uh, yesterday? Yeah, back to lifting, which felt great. Uh, back to training. Um, I'm. Well, I don't know if I'm committed, but the last two days working worm guard, lapel guard. Oh, yeah. So everyone hates my guts now already. Um, so I've been kind of studying that and trying to implement it, and at least understand it. Like I don't know if I'm gonna employed as a guard but i want to understand it and uh doing it is how you're going to understand it so it's uh, it's cool i'm already noticing that i don't dislike doing it with some people because their geese seem to be cut really short like <laughs> we call like, it hanger style like for example joey's lapels i swear to god it's like i feel like his lapels start above his belly button <laughs> and even though they don't like it's a regular but it's like this there's no slack whatsoever whereas when you watch keenan do these demonstrations like they're these, wearing like judo geese. They, they, yeah. Like these things, just like they, they, it's like the um, the magician that pulls something out of his mouth, like <laughs> like he pulls like uh, like a rope out of his mouth or something. And you're just, just not you're not setting up right. I, I guess I'm not. Yeah. I, I I definitely am going to work on yanking the lapel more to give. It's like the uh, I remember when I just like trying to learn like the Bravo choke. Mm-hmm. You know, like when you get the you use the far side, and then you get two fingers on. You're like, yeah, and I'm like, how the fuck did you get this earlier? You know, like, and I'm, here I am, like I'm like ripping my fingernails off trying to get this goddamn grip, and then, but somehow you can just no problem, you know, like. But well, the other thing that's that's interesting about lapel guard in our gym is a fair number of people at our gym pass with their knees on the floor, which is not what lapel was designed to counter. Lapel is designed to counter all the people standing to pass mm-hmm. guard. So when you go Which back, from to, a competitive environment, is probably more likely the case. Yes. Right. So, so in terms of like competitive meta, that that kind of can happen. But um, since guys are passing on their knees, you can't weave it. Well, there are techniques to 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 do what you need to do, but you end up 
what Keenan says a lot of times is you, you go to close guard and you play close guard, you know? Oh, okay. Right? You know, because that's, yeah, that's, yeah, it's just, if they're right? going to do that, you play close guard. So I think this is going to be an, ex- an excuse for me to play close guard. I see close guard being utilized a lot at these tournaments I've attended, at least at, 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 it's the, probably, at the belt level I'm doing. You know? It's one of those things that I think people, it's like Britney Spears music, right? Like, Everybody talks shit about like Britney Spears music, but like she's also somehow sold like forty million copies or something, right? Like triple, somebody's listening triple to platinum. <laughs> yeah, like I, yeah, I don't know what that means. I'm just, but like, who who are these people who like who? If everybody hates Britney Spears, why is she selling a billion copies of music? It's just like everybody talks shit about like Close Guard, but like if you watch IBGF, right, like or just any tournaments in general, like there's so much Close Guard used, but people talk so much oh, Close Guard. Well, and I also think because when you're in Close Guard. There's really nothing the attacker can do. Yeah, there's no to yeah. threaten you outside of risk. You know, Ezekieling you and risking getting armbarred. Yeah, you know, so it's a very safe position for the person on bottom. Right. Uh, obviously, you know, it's abusing the fact we don't have strikes. Right. So in you know in, in the MA context, a lot different. Right. You know, but for for sport jujitsu, if you want to kind of control the tempo of the match while on bottom, you put them in close guard and now you can kind of choose when you want to open your guard and attack, or if you're proficient enough, attack from close guard, which in fact, I saw people doing cross chokes from close guard, you do. which is, which I was like, this is crazy. <laughs> you know, in fact, cyborg was saying, this is crazy. You got to fight out of that. <laughs> Cause this guy got that. So definitely, um, just so much jujitsu to learn, man. That's the other thing. It's like you go out there and you're like, I just got to keep rolling because. Are you, you know, watching? Like, so you see these. Are you seeing all kinds of crazy shit? Like, you know, like, because like other, what other belts are going on when, when you're there? You know, you saw obviously Cyborg screaming on another blue belt. Like, what are the, so do you I watch like purples see, I only, and browns? I only got to see, I only got to see uh, blue belts compete. Okay. Um, because of how the, the draws were. Oh, sorry. That's how they set it up, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, but. In fact, black belts went like the day before or something. Well, right? Hanger was competing that day, hmm. so yeah. some guys were, but they were competing on the other side. Uh, so there were two rows of mats. Okay, so it was kind of on the other side. But what ended up happening is, um, like at Pans, we got to see brown belts compete, and and in the adult class, not just masters. And at at brown belt, it seemed like there's a lot of fifty fifty being played. Hmm. Um, but it, I didn't see any lapel in person i know i saw highlights from those tournaments where people were doing lapel but that's because they're instagram accounts that literally will find any lapel yeah, highlight like, show it. so you think that's the they're, they're all doing it so uh, i think i think it's like anything man like um you just have to i think just good solid jujitsu is you know uh the fewer steps the better you know direct jujitsu kind of works and you just have to be comfortable with the systems you want to employ and you can do it in a pressure situation without your mind turned on fully. You know what I mean? Like, you know, the, the, with the added stress of yeah, a competitive yeah. environment with people screaming and stuff, you know? And, you know, like I said, I, 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 didn't, I didn't feel comfortable when I was in guard per se, but again, in a way I was because I knew what I had to do. Whether I was going to succeed or not, that's that's the sport of it but i knew what i had to do hmm. you know so i think uh 
Yeah, man. I, I, I think you just, you got to find out what works for you and, and, and work on it. Yeah. So what's Paul, what's Paul's coaching like? What do you, what do you hear? So, uh, so, so Paul was actually, I heard Paul this time because last time I guess I just was completely just murking the guy until right, right, right. I didn't. <laughs> didn't you say he <laughs> yeah. turned away? Was like, wait, wait, there's a yeah, guy, no, he's got this. Yeah. Like, what happened? Wait, what the hell? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I would say, um, uh, I remember him saying, give me some grips, you know, when I was on top, mm-hmm. you know, and you know, two in, two out, which ironically got me into these no arm triangles because <laughs> I went two, arm, two out. So I think he, he's very good with, um, honestly, there wasn't much to like, that's the thing. These, these, these matches weren't that dynamic, you know, you know what I'm saying? Mean? Like, cause it doesn't like, it was just like, I got into my guard. You? It was uh, like, you know, I got into my guard. I swept. He got in the second match. He got into his guard, and and he was able to sweep me and come up. Yeah, you're not in my this guard. Like, sort of like stalled position. But for there a long wasn't time, right? this. Yeah, and and the stall position. I'm literally like my ears are both cupped. Yeah. By his thighs, and I'm in a vice, so I don't know if I could hear anything. Honestly, you know, any any make any sense of much, you know. So he was good about managing my energy levels during the whole between Matt, you know, before mm-hmm. and between, you know, I think, I think ironically, I was joking with Victor. I think ironically, like Chihuahua might be a good corner man for me because he fills in a gap that I have, which is Chihuahua is on top of like all the different wild techniques out there. He might not know them, but he's aware of them. Right. And he, and I don't know if he would actually know how to coach them properly, but he would, I just imagine him being like, bro, bro, watch that, bro. Don't do that. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, like he would be the alarm bell when I don't have he's necessarily. The canary. The, yeah, yeah. He's the canary. <laughs> when I don't have the, you know, like, like I said to me, and it goes back to when I was in Iceland. Like I was grappling with these people. And most times I, when they submitted me, no alarm bells were going off because I didn't know there was something there. Like they were showing me new jujitsu. Right, right? right. They were showing jujitsu I wasn't aware of. So, you know, we've definitely probably undersold the danger of the no arm triangle here at our academy. So I was—I can't believe it's—I don't think it's ever been addressed to me necessarily, yeah. or let like. But you were there on Saturday when when I was kind of going going over, and we had that little sidebar. Yeah, we did. We were all doing. We had a little symposium about it. A little symposium about it, and you know, definitely. And there's an there, and Chihuahua told me an alternative where you where you. Where you grab both sides. That's the, the one. I, that's what I thought scissor, it was. And you just scissor your legs straight up. That's what I thought look. it was. Okay. When when you had described it to me when we were chatting, that's what I envisioned. I, I think it's, I forget what it's even called, but it's like, it's just the fucking. Do people call that like a judo choke or something? I don't know, man. I've heard it called. I forgot what I've heard it called. I, anyway, there's a lot of jujitsu out there. That's a super pain move, by the way. Oh, yeah. But. There's a lot of jujitsu out there and whether or not you do but it or you not, won't you need get to call it again. Again, uh, yeah, so I, get, I don't know, like, all respect to my opponents, you know what I mean? Like, the, the, the guy beat me fair and square, you know, and, and the guy knew jiu-jitsu, he, was, he did the good things in my guard, you know what I mean? Um, especially in single leg X, like, he was, I don't know how comfortable he felt, but he was, he was making things harder for me. I wasn't just, like, doing things, you yeah. know, like, I had to work for it, you know, I had to find my moment and... You know, create a little space and, and work. But so far, and maybe I'm inviting the jujitsu gods to be like, oh, really? 
you know, but it, it's, I've been caught with things that I wasn't aware of, you know what I mean? Which maybe that's how it is, you know, I mean, you know, Ryan Martman would be like, well, see, you got to always be attacking, you know, yeah. but I think I'm hopeful that over time as I get more experience and I grapple with more people that my radar for these things will get better and I'm less likely to get caught in them, you know? Yeah. And then it's, you have to do a good setup, you know? And you don't strike me te- typically as a, like a double unders passer. That's what I've been going to when I'm going to these competitions. Like when I was doing my competition training, I was going to that because I felt like it was just a solid safe pass, mm. you know? And it was an up-tempo thing. Where I'm just going to go, yeah, you know, okay. do it. especially with guys my size. Okay. Right. Because if I'm going with bigger guys, that's more work. Like if I'm trying to pick up Xander's legs, or yeah, pick yeah, up, yeah. Like that's more work because of the. But if it's a smaller guy, if it's a guy my size, like I feel like my my strength ratio can. Is good. For it, yeah, it makes fun. Granted, these guys like these guys were long. They oh, were yeah. long, you know, and it made the guard. Height wise, like where did you say they were? Height wise. Yeah. Six one. Six one. Who's six, six one? Six two. Here? I'm five ten. Who's six one around here? I right, Nick Benicasa. Like they're a little shorter than Mike. You know, okay. Mike, Mike, six, four. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That they're, man, Mike, six, four. Yeah. God. He, he and now he's two Oh nine. He's lifting. He feels weights. every bit of it. Too. He, he's lifting weights now, ladies and gentlemen, he's getting stronger and heavier. Don't, don't do that. Mike. I was it's like, just, Mike, I was like, Mike, what are you doing? man? <laughs> what are like, you do you just want to just like, <laughs> yeah, like, and I went with him and he felt heavier. I was like, Oh, oh dude. I was like, Oh boy. He wasn't even trying on me. And I was like, God, you, you feel so heavy right now. Like, so. <laughs> I'm not prepared to force a scramble with you because I'm I'm just you're so you feel so strong right now. I know, right? But the um, I know, he darts me yesterday. Like I was like I was just like I was like I want to narrate my role, and I was like just I was just talking shit. I was just rolling. I was like, oh, I'm, I want to defend my neck. Oh, he's going for the Doris. I'm going to duck my head. Blah. And I avoid it. And then he just kept reaching through. He cupped it. And he literally just bent my neck with his arm. <laughs> and then he Doris me. I was like this. I was like, no. <laughs> so, yeah. He, uh, Mike, uh, Mike's becoming a, a bigger handful if he's working out and getting in better shape than he already is. So I wonder why he's doing that because I remember him saying before he – He's like, my workout is just going hard in jujitsu, you know? Well, I don't know if it has to do with those, those um, stingers he's been experiencing, you know? Or he's just... Maybe he's, like, trying to prehab at this point now, like, trying to, like, injury prevention. Yeah, or he just knows that the holidays are just weird, so he's, yeah. he's going to just... I have more control over my lifting weights yeah. schedule than jujitsu potentially. I, I don't exactly know. Yeah. I'd have to ask him. I'm curious, because, I mean, like, how does he go... It's it's strange to me to see somebody go at this point ten years without really like having a consistent weightlifting program to suddenly decide to do it, you know. So well, but, I think he was lift. I think he had a program. I think he just. I I would like to ask him like how consistent he thinks he was at oh, following yeah, it. You know fair. what I mean? Because he's always been a lifter, you know. Um, so yeah, I think it's just a matter of finding the time. And I think a lot of times it's an either or for him. Yeah. yeah. Right. It's like, I either can do this or that. I just, it's hard for me to of course, yeah, find like time. Of, to do I'd both. rather do jujitsu. Right. That's exactly. The, exactly. What, uh, did you, um, did you watch the fights this weekend? By the way? I did. I was, uh, I didn't even ce- know who I watched. was celebrating uh, Daisy's birthday as well. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Which ones do you want to talk about? I didn't even know there was one until I saw after the fact, like, who who fought this weekend? Like, who, any, so like, was it a, uh, it Anthony a, Pettis a was the main event of the undercard. Really, Anthony Pettis, yeah, and Jillian, 
Dean, yeah, Julian Robinson competed. She, I guess, got um, just mauled. I guess I saw her just, Instagram and she, yeah, just, just I guess just her, controlled. I guess just completely controlled. Like just, you know, yeah. who'd she grapple? Or who'd she grapple? Who'd she fight? I don't know. I mean, I'm kind of curious because she's very good. Like, oh yeah, I, she, you know, she's a. I will pull this up. Jamie, pull things up. So that was um, the main event. What was the main event? The main event was... It wasn't a numbered UFC, was it? No, it was a oh, fight night. Oh, Jose Aldo fought. Jose Aldo fought? Yeah, Jose Aldo fought. Who, by the way, Paul informed me, I did not know this, beat Cobrinha in a gi tournament in Brazil. Really? Yes. Well, according to Paul, I didn't look this up, but I, I, I'm like, why would Paul lie to me about this? I mean, he yeah. is a... But can you imagine? Like, he, he beat Cobrinha, in, but in gi, in gi. Not in no gi, in gi. That's what's crazy. So I guess, you know, just to show you Aldo's level and the type of athlete he is. And sure. I mean, like. So let's see who competed. The main event was, I always forget the guy's name. Neil. It was uh, Stephen Maggie? Wonderboy Thompson and um, Jeff Neal. What's his oh, name? Jeff Neal. I have no idea who that is. Anyway, uh, Wonderboy won. Aldo won. He beat Marlon Vera, the Ecuadorian. Did he really? Yeah. Good fight. He beat him. That's a, uh, and Tom Hardy, not Tom Hardy, Je- uh, Greg Hardy, the NFL guy, he, he tapped out. No, oh, no, really? he lost. He he just he got he got the guy put him on the ground in the second round, and Greg Hardy just turtled up. Oh, and the man. guy just kept peppering him, and <laughs> he beat him. Oh, up. did was Dean in his corner? In Greg Hardy's corner? Yeah, I don't know. I'm curious because I know Dean. Big shout out! Did I, did I do my shout out to Glenn Mincer? No, uh, got his black belt last week or two weeks ago from Dean. So uh, Dean was up in Orlando. Totally oh, a black out. box. Yeah, Back black Glenn. box. Yeah, okay. got his got his black belt. Wore his black belt uh, last week or the week before. Uh, well overdue, from what I've heard. Way, way, way overdue, from what I've heard. Yes. Yeah. Especially somebody who gets so good as he is. Like being like the top dog in his gym, like he's the one who has to develop himself in addition to his students, right? Like that's that's the thing is, he's just head and shoulders. Ask Joey about Glenn, like because Joey Glenn was Joey Ortiz's uh, wrestling coach in high school. Really? Yeah. So that's how Joey and his brother Billy, like at random, knew me when they started training here. They're like, "Did you used to train at Black Boss?" I'm like, "Yeah, I did." Like back oh, when I was like, heard of you. No, they 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 had trained with me apparently. I got gotcha. you. So I'm like, I don't know. I did don't uh, did they ever train at Black Box? Yeah. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So what brought them here? I think just like location, proximity. Yeah, like because they live over, I think by like the airport or something. So well, like, Joey no longer does. He's not not Joey. Um, his brother. Yeah, Billy lives in like Billy moved Asheville to, or yeah, something. Yeah, he, he moved. Or no, he's at where, wherever Duke is, Raleigh. Raleigh, North Carolina. Okay, yeah. so that's where he is. But yeah, but Joey lives by like kind of was it what Le- Le- Vista area where it is. So it's okay. Cl- it's way closer to get for him to get here than it is to get to St. Cloud at this point. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So it's like, but that's so. Shout out to Glenn. Congratulations, man. I'll have to. I've been. I know. I've been telling you that. I would be as if he's listening. 
um, that I've been meaning to get over there for the past. Watch him listening to this like five years years from now, where he's like discovered the podcast five years from now, and he's going back, and he's like, (laughs) "Oh my god, (laughs) Chris (laughs) called me out." (laughs) But uh, yeah, I've been man. They they've moved locations. I've been meaning to get out there and and stuff. It's just like it's. I I can't. I don't have time to get here. You know, let alone go to another gym at this point. So, but another shout out to actually my cousin or Stacy's cousin. This will come out after Christmas. It's not like my dad listens to my podcast either. Yes, this will come out after Christmas. <laughs> yeah, so um, I, my Kevin Peterson, uh, black belt under, I don't know, Fabio, Fabiano, something or another, over in Clearwater, um, made my dad a sweet, sweet uh, Dallas Cowboys colored uh, fishing Your dad rod. is a Dallas Cowboys fan? Yeah. What? Why is that surprising? Why are you acting so surprised? How is your dad a Dallas Cowboys fan? I don't know. I so like I don't follow sports in the first place, and like is all he I just know trying is, to integrate with America? And he's like Dallas Cowboys, America's team. America's I don't know team. because I remember growing up, he was like a Buffalo Bills team, a B- Buffalo Bills guy. Well, Buffalo Bills, yeah, they they lost. I remember that because I remember my dad screaming the, at the television. The it was like four in a row, right? Like four Super Bowls, and I think he dumped that and like went to the. To the um, Victor Padilla has has joined the studio audience. I was like, "Do you have any energy thing? Anything right now?" Goddamn, Chris, Chris is is, is on empty. I'm hurting, man. It's uh, five thirty-one. No, no, just go to Seven Eleven. Whatever's uh, cheap. Whatever's two for Jocko three. One. You drink one, I'll drink the other. Whatever's two for three. Thank you. Uh, yeah. Can you can you make sure it's sugar free though? <laughs> sugar free, please. Okay. Thank you. There you go. Um, but the um, Victor is on the case. Th- thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh, <laughs> I mean, at this point, I'm. He'll take whatever. I, I, my discipline will equal freedom. Um, <laughs> but you know, he was a Bills fan and then became a uh, like ever since then a Cowboys fan. So hey, man, good for him. But I had him. I he I I saw Kevin was making like custom fishing rods. So I thought to myself, I'm like you know, like a, what a big challenge. What's that? What is it with with these guys that? It seems like, like there's some black belts in our area that are are quite good craftsmen. Like he's making, like wi- like Wengel or like Cole, Cole is, is a doing all like yeah, woodworking and knife making of all things. <laughs> I'm like, I want this dude on my team when like shit goes down with zombies. I know. Whenever we get a birthday, like, does that mean we all get like a like wooden furniture or a knife or something? Yeah. <laughs> but that's you know that's and, and this guy's making um, like fishing rods, fishing rods. Like that's awesome. That's fucking great. I mean, I mean, I think COVID had a big part of doing that. He's like, I just had all the free time all of a sudden. And so I, I'm calling out all our gym members. If you're crafts, if you're a craftsman or craftswoman, sponsor the podcast. We'll we'll, we'll take a table, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or, the, yeah. or a fishing rod, I guess. Um, but I thought to myself, I'm like, yeah, like, uh, so like I'm a, a big challenge of being a father is like not imposing your like prejudices on your children, right? Like I need to let Connor like figure out what he likes on his own. I'm like, no, you're going to force him to do what you want. So then he rebels as a teenager and hates you and your wife. So I thought I'm like, you know, my dad's, he's like 60, almost 70 or cases. So he's not going to live for much longer. And Connor's like a kid and he's not going to learn how to fish. And my dad loves fishing. I'm like, I will let my, I I will buy my dad a fishing rod. I'll buy Connor a little kid fishing rod and then go fishing together. And that'd be a cool little grandfather, grandson thing to do, you know? And then dad can sit behind him and play his DC legends game. And it's good bonding, man. It is a good bonding. So that, so Kevin sw- swung by my work today and dropped off a fishing rod. That's awesome. We chatted. I, for I, I have fond memories of watching the prices, right? 
with my grandmother and playing poker for pennies. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. I'd even watch like a little bit of the soap operas on. I think it was Days of Our my Lives. My stories. It was, I, th- yeah. <laughs> I think it was Days of Our Lives and there's another one. Another World? Is that one? I don't know. I don't even know. All I know is my, I think my sister used to watch like I, It definitely Hospital. wasn't Bold and the Beautiful or anything like that. But I remember Days of Our Lives and there was this guy, Victor. That was always like, he was like, he, had, he sounds evil, by the way. Like Victor is always I mean, like, sometimes he was evil. Sometimes he was good, but he was like the, the elderly guy with the, the mustache and the, he looked like he, when I think about him, I think Pat Sajak, for, not Pat Sajak, um, Alex Trebek, Alex for, Trebek some, really? for some reason. Yeah. But I'll probably, my, my childhood memory probably is off. And if I looked him up yeah. now, it'd be anyway. So that would be on. And then Price is Right would come on and we'd watch Bob Barker and spin the wheel and That's come awesome. down and, and uh, we'd play for, uh, for pennies. You know, I had my little penny bank and we'd go back and forth. You could play poker? Yeah. Of all games? Oh, yeah. But it wasn't, it wasn't Texas Hold'em. Was I was still like, like Texas was, Hold'em was like a new no, thing. No, right? no. Like, that, that, that was, yeah. Texas Hold'em had not grown in popularity. It was like five card study you're playing, right? Like, yeah. yeah. It's like I get, I get uh, five cards. I can throw back up to three. Yeah. And, that's, yeah. And what do you, yeah, exactly. Because like the whole, when, when did the, the, the Texas Hold'em thing become a thing? Like that was. I'm sure someone can try. I'm sure there are people. Was it like the movie Rounders? Like I. It might have been a movie that brought it. To, obviously, that's obviously it once ESPN two started showing it, that's when it was. And the World Series of Poker was a thing. How crazy that like ESPN was showing fucking bullshit sports like that before MMA. Yeah, I mean they show darts sometimes too, and bowling. So let me ask you. Okay. Where do you? How do you differentiate? Because how do you differentiate a game from a sport? A game from a sport. Like, I refuse to call my... I feel as though competitive, like, watching, like, the Masters in golf, like, those guys are playing a sport, right? My father-in-law and his, like, 10 buddies going out once or twice a week to hit a golf ball and play... I'm like, they're playing a game. Like... Like Tiger Woods oh, so is an athlete. Like, there's even a context around it. Like it could be a sport in one context and a game in another. Yeah. So like is bowling a sport or a game? I, I find it hard to call a professional bowler an athlete. Or am I just like an elitist asshole who's like an athlete? Well, needs to I mean, be somebody are you who, saying that you have to be an athlete to be a, to play a sport? Like is a sports man or woman have to be an athlete? I would, I, I mean, it's just sort of like by definition, you kind of have to, right? Like. In order, like, name a sport where the person is not an athlete. I mean, a lot of people don't think golfers are athletes. But I would say Tiger Woods is an athlete. A lot of people don't think, okay, what about, like, race car drivers? Is that a sport? I mean, a lot of people think NASCAR, Formula One. Is it a sport, though? I guess, what is it, then, if it's not a sport? Like, I feel as though, like, in order for something to be considered a sport... There has to be an athletic component to it. I see. I, I used to be when I was younger. I used to be like golfers aren't athletes, racers aren't athletes. Meh. But now I'm actually I'm very lenient. I'm like these guys are are, are competing in a pressure situation. They're competitors, and sure. there's some there's some physical attribute that they're employing that has been honed through hours and hours of practice and conditioning. So they are athletic, even if they're not necessarily athletic in the, they could run a, you know, they could do the decathlon in the Olympics, 
they, but they are a race very car well driver. A race car driver yeah. has amazing hand-eye coordination. But a golf but that's not athletic. Hand. That's very good attributes. In some, I'm like, Honestly, is it athletic? I'm like, if whatever they want to be called, I'm cool with calling them that. Esports, you consider them athletes? No, they're not athletes, and I don't think they would call themselves athletes either. Is it a sport? It's a super competitive game. It's e- I mean, the esports is a moniker. It doesn't just because it has the word sport and it doesn't mean it's a sport. They're they're stationary. They're not they're moving a mouse. Exactly. And, and controlling a keyboard. Yeah, I wouldn't consider or control athletes nor I wouldn't I certainly wouldn't consider it a sport. But I was just And I, I think know. they would fail most athletic tests where I think at least a golfer I think a NASCAR driver I think a, a NASCAR driver or uh, a golfer, even you know, I know there are golfers that have very strong strength and conditioning regimes. Oh, others sure. that don't, but I think those guys, if you put them on American Gladiators, they would do better than than an esports. The esports, well, sure, or a bowl, yeah, I man. Like, I don't know. I got the subject of that. I just, I was, I was. Well, it was funny because I was driving a car recently and I was watching Kingpin, one of the early Fairly <laughs> Brother yeah. movies. Even, even the Amish Bowler one. Yeah. <laughs> where bill murray is like the evil bowler who's the guy is he missing a hand or so woody harrelson is the phenom who got screwed over by bill murray and oh, then, yeah, he, yeah, okay. then he discovers the amish dude who's who, randy quaid right? randy quaid the guy who, <laughs> who, who, who no no in, cousin eddie yeah who, no, no who future who in the future flies his plane into the mothership in independence day <laughs> oh my god yeah <laughs> i always love those things on the internet where they said where they take popular shows and then they do memes of like in another timeline and then they show, <laughs> then they show the actors in other scenes and other, <laughs> Yo, they the, actually the shitter's all, full man of all things going back to last week's episode we talked you brought up lost lost was one of the first shows that generated those memes because was it really because Lost, they had an element of time travel and, and flashbacks and flash forwards. So then people would be like in another timeline and they'd show all these actors from Lost in other roles. In other, yeah. <laughs> and sometimes they'd find both actors in a scene together in another show. Which happens a lot. I mean, oh, like, yeah, yeah. yeah like. I mean, look so at... So Kingpin. Yeah, Kingpin. Great movie. It, it's, <laughs> so... <laughs> So our head coach, Paul Rodriguez, is a massive Fairley Brothers fan. So whenever I've traveled with him, he's always got them going on an iPad. So <laughs> Does I got he to really? go, but yeah, I got to go <laughs> and watch all of them and you know, kind of rate them and stuff. So is Shallow Hal a Fairley Brothers yeah. movie? Shallow Hal is actually one of my favorites. I, I because like that I think movie. it actually has a good message too. Like Yeah, the other ones just slap the other ones, sort of I mean, they all have varying good messages, but that one to me the characters are the most like, like the main character is the most likable. Whereas in these other shows and a lot of the other, like in Kingpin, a lot of those characters, you, you root for them, but they're not necessarily like the best characters. Like, for example, uh, let's go with probably the best example of that is going to be, um, the one with Ben Stiller, not, um, something about Mary, which by the way was hilarious to watch again. Never seen it. I watch, oh, you haven't watched something Never about Mary? Never seen it, period. Oh, you should watch it. Just, really? Yeah, and then you'll suddenly be like, so that's what everyone's making those jokes about. Like, you're gonna oh, get, really? You're going to get all these references now. You'll be like, oh. No, um, the, what's it called? The Heartbreak Kid. Heartbreak? Which one so is So this that? is Ben Stiller lives in San Francisco. And okay. his dad, played by Jerry Stiller, his actual father, which is awesome. 
So okay. you know, you know his, you know Ben Stiller. I, I know who his dad yeah, is. Okay. Yeah. So his dad's also in the movie. So the premise of that is, uh, Ben Stiller is like late thirties, early forties, single. All his friends are married. I'm like, bro, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta make the leap and stuff. You gotta date. And he's like, oh, dating so hard. Blah 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 and stuff like. That. And of course, you know, his friend who's married says everything's great, but he's like in a miserable marriage. You know, where his wife mistreats him and he's just like does whatever she wants, even though he says he's fine and stuff. You're looking it up right now. I'm look, I'm trying to see who's so, in it. Dan. The premise that he runs into this hot girl, they fall in love really quickly. They get he may, takes a plunge. They get married. And then only after they get married on such short notice, does he start seeing all these really bizarre and unlikable traits about her. Are they like dating while for a very on, short amount of time? Huh? They're dating for a very short. Yeah, amount of very time. short amount of time. And then imagine that they they honeymoon in Cabo, I believe in Cabo or Cancun or yeah, somewhere in the Central America. No, it's in Mexico. I think it's Cabo because okay. there it's based in California. So I think they drew. And of course, he meets a girl there that he likes way better, <laughs> right? And then you know he's trying to break it off with his wife, his newly <laughs> married, and then of course hilarity hilarity ensues. You know, but he's kind of a prick too. Like is that's he, the he's thing. Is not a nice person. He doesn't have the. I wouldn't. Well, anybody's willing to get married to somebody and then suddenly discover. No, somebody. but some, how he handles some of his business is kind of like he like lies. Like he's just. Whereas shallow, which Howe, is actually it seems like an un like that's a very un Ben Stiller character because Ben Stiller tends to be. Doesn't he typically play like? I don't uh, know. It feels like it, it definitely feels Ben Stiller on the Ben Stiller spectrum. It doesn't feel but like not like Meet the Fockers, where he's like a completely innocent dude. Where you know, I don't know, man. I mean, he just happens to be. A I just forgot how big Ben Stiller was in the '90s and late 2000s. Oh yeah, man. <laughs> Ben Stiller was everywhere. Which, and Shallow Hal is Jack Black, right? Yeah, and the thing about that was, you can make all these jokes, but it's his asshole friends that are making the jokes, the fat jokes. Right. Whereas he's like she's beautiful like they're all beautiful yeah, exactly. and it's like this guy's seeing the inner beauty it's like the premise is all like it's we, <laughs> we were we were um actually ryan and i at work were talking about uh jack black because i'm not a big jack black fan but he is and um we're trying to figure out like what was what was the movie that made gwyneth was it shallow Hal that made gwyneth paltrow that made her like the sort of Hollywood. Well, the Fairley brothers seem to always cast like a hot blonde that hasn't done much acting yet, and then and like they, their career they, takes they off. They make her right in a way, yeah. I mean, they definitely made Cameron Diaz. No, the mask made Cameron Diaz. Well, I mean, she that's where she was just hot, and then like there's something about Mary was when she became. Like the It Girl, right? In I mean, Hollywood. they both did. Oh, we got Victor here. Victor is coming oh, with, with caffeine goodness. Here you go. Oh, you got full throttle, bro. Oh, oh boy. It's fine. It's fine. Thank you. I just I appreciate that. Oh boy. Blue agave. I, that's I heard agave actually spikes the sugar less, so or spikes the go. insulin less. Um, so today's BJ and. Carnitine and whatever else. Uh, um, I mean, so when are we gonna watch Jujitsu? Oh, the movie, the, the Nick Cage movie. Yeah, when are we gonna watch that? You want to watch that with us, Victor? The Nick Cage movie. Hell. That that he said, hell no. That movie looks horrible. I think it I, looks. I think it would look awesome if it just weren't called Jujitsu. 
I mean, right? Like, that's why we don't like it. Yeah, you can't use the word jujitsu and, and put that on. He on used the it all the time in the actual like trailer, it seems like, right? Because like, jujitsu. Jiu jitsu. So, something like. You only, it took you two to get it? Hey, yo. <laughs> Cheers to, ah, to yes. highly processed sugar and, ca and caffeine. Hey, this is agave, so it's not highly processed. So. Oh, man. I think I'm pretty sure full throttle. Like, you're, you're too young to remember this. But, like, there's. Jolt. The Jolt was the original of, one. Um, the Simpsons, where they, he goes to the Duff Factory. And he's like, oh, this is where we, you know, all of our beer, my, our beer masters, or what they're called, our brewmasters, you know, make, oh, Duff, Duff Light and Duff Dry. And it's just like one giant tube that goes into three different, like, barrels. <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure that uh, Full Throttle, Rockstar, and NOS are all the same no, manufacturer. There's a show, there's like a YouTube sketch where people claim to be experts in something, and then they blind like pizza, like, from like, Domino's. Oh. Yeah. Could you do that with energy drinks? If I quite pulled you, I could probably do that. Rockstar, Red Bull, you think I think Monster, I'd be, it'd be harder to tell, but. Like, I'm gonna, like, so, probably. So, but like, it would have to be like Red Bull, like original Red Bull, original Monster, original Rockstar, probably. But you can't do like cherry this and that. I'm like, yeah, of course not. Like, so what's funny is I, um, I saw this video years ago in the internet era when they were doing YouTube videos, but, but yeah, where it was like an organic food conference. Yeah. And these two like they bring Northern Europeans nuggets. got... Uh, went to McDonald's yeah. and then got Big Macs and stuff and just cut it up into small pieces and put put um, put like a toothpick uh, into it, right? toothpicks in yeah, them yeah, yeah. and walked around like this is our new like meat alternative and stuff and everyone was like oh this is this is delicious this is this is great and they were just eating McDonald's you know so I mean perception is a huge I know you know I will say though like for for a matter of like I, there's I can tell the difference. I can't tell the difference in a twenty five dollar bottle of wine and like an eighty dollar bottle of wine, but I can definitely tell the difference between a fucking four dollar bottle of wine and a twenty dollar bottle of wine. At some point, I think it's just like prestige of a label. When it comes to energy drinks, I think every each one has a fairly different flavor profile. Maybe you could feel by how much you jitter afterwards. <laughs> yeah. Like how much I shake, how, how itchy I get. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's all you really need. But, uh, is it, who, whose that's term is stay hard? That's, that's Goggins. Yeah, first off, like, dude, <laughs> don't, another man should never say to another man, stay hard. I mean, like, is that, that's Goggins' thing? Gotta stay hard, bro. Well, listen, we got a, we got class, man. Oh my god, what time is it? Forty-eight. Twelve it, minutes to class. Is it bad if I just like leave right now? <laughs> or just, <laughs> like just I get into here. my rash just card. Just stay here. <laughs> I'm just like I'm, you walk back here. I'm just sleeping on the couch. <laughs> okay, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll go off. <laughs> anyway, guys, um, thanks for listening. Shout out to our sponsors, Crown Rash Guards. Check them out. They are Crown Rash Guards at Crown Rash Guards Instagram, Facebook www.crownrashguards.com they make awesome durable we have a promo very, code too 
I'm sorry? I, th- I want to say we have a promo code. We don't have a promo card, to my knowledge. I think we do. Well, there was a promo code he gave us in order to order our samples. But no, 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 no. I'm, well, we'll give that in the next one or check yeah, our social exactly. media. Yeah, but guys, check them out. It is, like I said, buy jujitsu for jujitsu, support small businesses, support jujitsu, and check out Crown Rash Guards if you're looking for a very durable, uh, simple design, sleek design. Tasteful. Dare I say sexy design, Rash Guards. And with that, thanks for Victor for tuning in, in the background. Thanks to Leo for sniffing around us as we record. Thank this. you for Victor to, for allowing me to be able to. Function. Yeah. The caffeine is starting to hit the bloodstream. Yeah. There we go. So we will catch you next week. Same time, same place. Bye.